If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. a resurgence where we've gone up as high as 57,000 cases, which is almost double what it was at our so-called high baseline. So, Dr. Fauci, hmm. of course, what it says here on the piece of paper is not what he just said there. Uh, the resurgence is actually larger than the original wave, he said. So, um, well, but we were hardly uh, testing anybody back then. Right, so that's nobody, not known. How come Nobody asks to, to nail that down. I'm not, uh, for the umpteenth time, we'll state, I have no interest in trying to fight against or for any narrative on this. I, right. just, I just want to know what's actually happening, and then I will react accordingly. But how, how does nobody nail down the whole, well, okay, we have w- way more cases than we did initially. Okay, how much of that is testing? Right. It's got to be some of it. That doesn't explain the entire rise, Jack. Okay, it doesn't. Not but the entire rise. How much of it does it explain? Doesn't explain the entire rise. <laughs> Seriously, my friends, are we wrong? That is the conversation in the media. I just, uh, I should cease to be amazed by it, but I'm not. So, rates or, or, or uh, cases are up. Deaths are roughly flat to down, depending on what time period you're comparing them to. But they have not r- risen to nightmarish levels. In fact, not even close. They're a tiny fraction of the height of the thing. Um, no, the, the the two weeks leading up to Sunday, cases were up 90%. Deaths were down 20%. Right. That you got to square that for me, Dr. Fauci or anybody else. On the other hand, 
And if you have, intellectually speaking, two hands, use them both. On the other hand, there are a number of metro areas that are seeing a notable rise in hospitalizations. Sure. In some places, it's a scary rise in hospitalizations. So it absolutely makes sense that those places exercise more caution, perhaps uh, you know, impose more restrictions, and the rest of it. That makes perfect sense. Well, Dr. Atlas said there in, was it Austin or Houston, one of the cities that is uh, saying that they're nearing capacity. Both are getting hammered. He actually. said 70% of the people in the hospital, though, don't have COVID. Mm. So it's people being there for other reasons. That were, are those people that were sick or had various problems and were staying away? The pent-up demand yeah. because nobody would go to the hospital, right? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But somebody should ask these questions and and get them answered when you have access to these people. Kanye West is running for president. Did you know that? The the rapper fella? And Forbes magazine is taking him at least seriously enough to interview him, or they thought they'd get a whole bunch of clicks for it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> we have a winner. <laughs> Ding. He uh, is also a really fascinating guy. Yeah. The reason- and, and he's nuts. And he's extremely bright. The reason I'm going to read some of these uh, questions and answers is because it brings up some interesting issues. I'm not into celebrities enough that just alone him being interviewed is that interesting to me. Some of the things he mentions are interesting. Um, Here's some of the highlights from the interview. That uh, Kanye West is running for president in 2020 under a new banner, The Birthday Party, with guidance (laughs) from Elon Musk. Elon Musk is uh, who's guiding his campaign. Can we talk about the, the, who's on the ticket and who's not? <laughs> I mean, I love Kanye, but he's a little nutty. You'd rather have Elon Musk yeah. at the top of the ticket because Advised he's by white. Kanye West. No! <laughs> so easy and so delicious. Uh, I think technically Elon's an African American. Oh, that's right? true. He is. That's that, true. They're uh, both Sean, African American. And all African American ticket if they ran together. So Elon's, both of us are racists. Elon, as it turns out, <laughs> Elon is not running. Uh, uh, Kanye does have a uh, vice presidential candidate. We'll mention that in a second. Oh, the, okay. Kanye said, "Like anything I've ever done in my life, I'm doing it to win." He no longer supports President Trump. I'm taking the red hat off with this interview. He said, "Wow." He's okay with siphoning off black votes from the Democratic nominee, thus helping Trump. I'm not denying it. I just told you to say that the black vote is Democratic is a form of racism and white supremacy. I've said that for a very long time. That's interesting. He's never voted in his life, not one time. And he's in his 40s. Never voted one time. Uh, He had COVID in February. That's not really related to uh, running for president, but I didn't know that. He's suspicious of the coronavirus vaccine. Says vaccines are the mark of the beast. Oh, my. He goes full MOB on the vaccine. Saw a survey the other day. Uh, A third of people say they will not take the vaccine when available. How are they going to, how's the government going to force people to take this vaccine? I think Uh, it'll be gentle persuasion. Would you please, would you please, you think well, that's going to explain work? it. Look, it's safe. It's fine. It's going to keep people from dying of the freaking vid. I think if a third of people say they won't take it, and then you add in another 15% of people that just don't get around to it. Mm, and um, we got troubles. Then you're at, you know, 50, almost 50%. Right, right. So as our uh, local Kanye expert, any uh, any comment on the whole Mark of the Beast uh, thought there, Sean? Positive, Sean? Uh, well, he's, this is Kanye, right? He's all over the map on all sorts of things, 
And to try to pin him down in any one position for any period of time is an exercise in futility. Okay, okay. fair enough. He believes plan... It's like trying to stab that last pickle in the jar. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Boomer, with your pickle eating. <laughs> oh, boy, where were we? Ha! I mean, I've had the experience, but I'm not sure younger people are... Doing a lot of pickles. The now. young don't enjoy pickles? <laughs> what kind of world is this? I, I look at a pickle, all I see is a ruined cucumber. <laughs> oh, oh, golly. Um, uh, this is a controversial one. He believes planned parenthoods have been placed inside cities by white supremacists to, the dev- to do the devil's work. That's an interesting political issue in that so much of the, and, and again, it gets to, you know, educated white liberals that are so demanding of planned parenthood to be in the poorest areas of the country so mm-hmm. everybody has access to women's health care uh, to, uh, you know, kill unborn babies. Um, but a lot of your uh, minority communities believe that it's in a, it's it's to keep them from having kids. It's a well, white supremacy thing. they just believe that because Planned Parenthood was founded by uh, eugenics fans and white supremacists. Like, uh, what's their name? Martha Sanger? Is that her name? I think so. It's yeah. Sanger. I I might be getting the first name wrong, but uh, yeah, by people who thought we need to control who's having babies in this country to build a greater, purer country. Uh, Margaret, Margaret Sanger. That's it. Thank You're you. You're close. Uh, Kanye envisions a White House organization model based on the secret country of Wakanda and Black Panther. Okay. Um, he has no cap- campaign apparatus of any kind. His advisors right now, he says, are the two people who notably endorsed him on the 4th of July, his wife, Kim Kardashian, and Elon Musk, who he says he and Elon have been talking about this for years, and he will uh, have uh, Elon be the head of the space program if he's elected. Well, okay, finally a policy uh, choice I can get behind. But <laughs> Kanye's uh, obviously not did going the to... the two of them discuss the platform much, the whole mark of the beast and... Kanye's clearly not going to be the president, but could he get a certain percentage of the black vote as right in and siphon off votes from Biden in certain areas? Conceivable. I sure, guess. sure. Uh, he and I will point out he only has like one person less than Trump did. Right. At the early stage of the campaign yeah. when Trump had Corey Lewandowski, period. Right. He didn't have uh, Kim Kardashian at all. He didn't have a single Kardashian. He ended up with Brad Parscale, right, Mm -hmm. doing some of his web stuff, which was super effective. Um, Kanye West's campaign slogan is, YES, in all caps, with an exclamation point. Jeb! His running running mate is Michelle Tidball, an obscure preacher from Wyoming. Is that a real name? Yeah. And uh, because, you know, Kanye's really into the whole preacher thing right now. Yeah. And uh, and why why is his party the birthday party? Because when we win, it's everybody's birthday, he says. Okay. I was hoping for a little less loopy and a little more thought-provoking. I thought the Planned Parenthood... That's a Charlie Parenthood... Brown football scenario with Kanye. <laughs> I thought the Planned Parenthood stuff was kind of interesting. Yeah. I thought the um, it's white supremacy, the way the Democratic Party handles the black vote, I thought that was pretty interesting. Keep going. I highlighted his full... Kind of screed on that later, which is pretty interesting. It's just a couple pages down. Uh, I would run as a Republican if Trump wasn't there. That's pretty interesting. I will run as an independent if Trump is there. So he's holding out the possibility Trump's not going to run. On his MAGA hat moment, he said, One of the main reasons I wore the red hat as a protest to the segregation of votes in the black community. Also, other than the fact that I like Trump hotels and the saxophones in the lobby. Okay. (laughs) 
Um, and then talking about Democrats. That is a form of racism and white supremacy and white control to say that all black people need to be a Democrat and to assume that me running is me splitting the vote. All that information is being charged up on social media platforms by Democrats. And Democrats used to tell me the same Democrats have threatened me. The reason why this is the first day I registered to vote is because I was scared. I was told that if I voted on Trump, my music career would be over. I was threatened in being in one party. I was threatened as a celebrity into being in one party. I was threatened as a black man into being in the Democratic Party. And that's what the Democrats are doing emotionally to my people, threatening them to the point where this white man can tell a black man, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. That's pretty accurate. Try to come up with something more condescending. And that's been my problem with the, what Kanye is talking about for a long time. The the brutal, and, and I mean brutal, oppressive condescension of the Democratic Party toward black people. Well, Biden, you cannot possibly succeed. You will lose. You will live in poverty. You will be miserable. You will die young. Your children will die young unless you vote for us. You have no agency. You have no ability. You have no power except through us. Well, and of course, it's obviously straight up racist to break off a group as color, period. As um, what now? As how you ought to vote. I mean, oh, making yeah. it a block based on skin color is, right. is as racist as you could get. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Biden saying if you if you vote for Trump, you ain't black. Uh, Kanye echoing that with you. You're telling me who I vote for. I'm not black if I vote. Not, don't vote the way you tell me I should vote. Now, if you're a, a black person and you look at the Republican Party and see a bunch of insufferable hypocrites, well. <laughs> Okay, a fair point. But in terms of policies that will be good uh, for uh, various uh, heavily black uh, parts of the world, parts of the United States, and policies that will continue to bring nothing but misery and poverty, I'd suggest maybe you look a little rightward. I uh, He won't make the debate stage, but if you had old man Biden, old man Trump, and Kanye on the stage, oh. that would be, uh, would be pretty entertaining. I would DVR it, and I would probably watch it every day. <laughs> For the rest of your life. That's right. (laughs) How could you not? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Life's top moments, broken down by generation. It differs whether you're a millennial, Generation Z, or the generation that ruined America, the baby boomers. Oh, boy. So stay Why so judgmental? Yeah, because it's true. Speaking of boomers, boomers. Okay, boomer. Okay, boomer. Uh, speaking of boomers, uh, Boeing executive forced to resign for something he said 30 years ago. I heard that, but didn't look into it. Which was the... By far, majority opinion. Okay, I want to hear that one. Maoism comes to Boeing. Mm. Uh, I don't, I, there are some days that I'll, I'll talk about a story like that, and it just gives me the will to fight, you know, to, 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 right. to resist. Sure. And there are some days I come across stuff like that, and it makes me want to lay down and die. <laughs> Well, that's why I was looking at the top moments you're looking forward to about the sweet release of death. And <laughs> <laughs> where's that? Uh, given my recent brush with it, I'm uh, less likely to make that joke, mm. but it's still pretty funny. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's a, a good way to set this up, I think, is 
There is a, a headline in the New York Times. It is an editorial masquerading as a news story by Reed Epstein, who I think we've talked to before. Tammy Duckworth confronts nativist smears from Tucker Carlson. And it's talking about the fact that Tucker has rather forcefully um, uh, resisted, uh, opposed Ms. Duckworth's being open to tearing down statues of George Washington, for instance. Now, the New York Times, in its knee-jerk xenophilia, points out that Senator Duckworth of Illinois is a Thai American. She's, uh, you know, of immigrant heritage. Also points out that she lost both of her legs fighting in the Iraq War. Okay, that doesn't mean you get to argue for tearing down George Washington's statue. That's right. And if it's Tom Cotton, of course, he's a dangerous lunatic as a veteran. But if it's this gal, her service and sacrifice to the country, which is undeniable and for which we we thank her and sympathize. Completely irrelevant to the discussion. Right, exactly. That does not grant her some sort of cloak of invisibility when it comes to offering up absolutely lunatic political points of view. So that's just the backdrop for it. It's just idiotic. But um, Well, did you hear the back and forth on that? So uh, Tucker played a little bit of, uh, we talked about this yesterday. Mm -hmm. So she said uh, she was talking about Trump's speech at Mount Rushmore. And she said he... uh, you know, he lionized... Um, he spent all his time talking about dead Confederates. Right, and so the speech didn't include any Confederates. As Not even one. has been pointed out in a number right. of people. Um, so they, and, and, and uh, Tammy Duckworth, uh, her people demanded an apology from Tucker Carlson, and he said, we would like you to come on the show and talk about your statement, and they said they will not come on until you apologize. Okay. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. It's a good dodge. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what Tucker said, there are many of us who do like this country. We have to fight to preserve our nation and heritage. We live here. We don't want to destroy it. We have every right to preserve our nation and our heritage and our culture, which, of course, is portrayed by the New York Times as clearly, self-evidently racist, xenophobic, nationalist, God knows what else. It's just unbelievable. Um uh, and when vandals like Tammy Duckworth and Ilhan Omar tell us they're not allowed to question their pat- we're not allowed to question their patriotism, even as though they even as they scream about how horrible America is, we have every right to laugh in their faces, and we should. Uh, Mr. Carlson also called Ms. Duckworth a moron Tuesday night, um, which is you know not perhaps fair, but uh, all's fair in love and politics. Which leads us to Representative Ilhan Omar of Minneapolis of Minnesota who's called for the dismantling of the economic and political systems in our country that serve as a system of oppression. She says, and I quote, We can't stop at criminal justice reform or policing reform. We are not merely fighting to tear down the systems of oppression in the criminal justice system. We are fighting to tear down systems of oppression that exist in housing, in education, in health care, in employment, in the air we breathe. It was time for to guarantee homes for all. Uh, she promoted the Green New Deal, which, of course, as we know, is a a system of, of socialism bordering on communism, etc. And it said, we need to tear the whole system down. The idea that you can't resist that forcefully or be called a racist just shows how intellectually and morally bankrupt, for instance, the New York Times is. Top moments in life by generation, among other things, coming up. Armstrong and Getty. 
Armstrong and Getty Show. Yes, you cheat on HMU. You're harassing me. My I'm not harassing you. You are infecting us. You, you are I coming close threatened. to me. You are coming close Back to me. Back off! Yes. Threaten me again! Back the f*** up! Put your f***ing phone down! So that's one of those, I'm not going to wear my mask in your store, even though you're under pressure and threat of fine for allowing people in your store who don't wear masks. People, wear your effing mask if you're going to go into a store. They don't have any choice. You don't want to wear it in your own private life, fine. You know, and the fact that it's tied into politics seems crazy to me. But don't don't make the employee at the st- put the employee in the store in that position. Yeah. Just don't do that. You're being a dick if you do that. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a friend of mine. If you go into a store without a mask and put that twenty year old girl who works there in a position, you're being a dick. Don't do that. Wear your damn mask. It's not that hard. You want to argue against it outside in your own life? Fine. God, that's just so crazy. I know. I know. We've okay. descended to a place where, you know, decency is just, it doesn't even enter into the, the conversation anymore. She's not trying to take away your rights or your gun or control you politically. She was just told by her boss she's got to or she's in trouble. Because her boss was told by the county, which was told by the state. Just leave her alone. You want to go to the yeah. city council meeting and complain or whatever? Fine. That, you know, make that oh, argument. Absolutely. Whatever. Yeah. By all means. You should probably wear a mask at the city council meeting, but whatever. We, we don't need to get into <laughs> What if you think they don't work fine? You don't think they do any good? Fine. The research you've done shows they, I don't know where you're getting this research, but shows it, but just don't do that to the poor, poor convenience store employee or the, 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 the dude who lives with his parents and is the, the guy putting the carts away at Target. But there's so many of these across the country. Guy got pulled out of the bus and beaten. His brain no longer works. He's brain oh dead in, in France. Oh, mm-hmm. He, he asked a group of young dudes to put their masks on. It's a city policy, and they pulled him out of the bus and beat him almost to death. He oh, might as well be dead. His gosh. brain is gone. Wow. What oh. is it with people? Now, in that story, I have a guess as to what's going on there. I'm not going to say until I can nail that down. They just called the young men youths. Mm. No names have been released in the arrests. Mm. But mm-hmm. uh, if I can nail that down, I'll bring you that story. Please do. Um... On a lighter moment, note, whatever. Uh, survey. Major life moments for each generation. Um, I think at the end of your life, probably everybody's roughly the same, right? But uh, at different points in your life, you care about different things. Sure. Um, when you go, go old to young or young to old? <sighs> Generation Z, we'll start young. Sure. Ages 18 to 23. You're the future of America, Generation Z. I got a kid right there. I'll Um, call her and ask her. Number one top life moment, traveling somewhere new. Sounds about right for somebody that age. Sure. It's exciting, fun, et cetera. Broadens the mind. My uh, top life moment at that age would have been a little more uh, narrowly focused, I think. Traveling somewhere new uh, applies. (laughs) <laughs> For me, that was certainly my type. We can travel. We can stay here. I don't care where we go as right. long as it happens. I would like to travel to a particular region of you. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody not following me at this point, email me. I'll explain. <laughs> uh, buying a house. I was surprised by that. 
earn a diploma degree or certification. That's because you've been told by society that that's going to matter a great deal to your life. Yeah. It's a good achievement, though. Mm. Theoretically. Yeah. Unless your mind has been poisoned by a just utterly indefensible university, which is most of them. Spend more time with friends. Reach a health goal. Well, wait a minute. These are top moments and top life moments. Okay. Reach a health goal. Uh, weight loss. Uh, uh, you getting know, in shape. Getting in shape. Yeah, if yeah, if yeah, you're yeah, a guy yeah. putting on hashtag gains, you know, bulking up. Yeah, get my lats in order. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chicks dig the lats. Oh, yeah. It's all about the lats. God, what was I watching the other day? And they were mocking this dude. Oh, that was from the uh, the hot dog eating contest. George Shea had a great one uh, mocking the, this one, like, really ripped dude who was eating hot dogs. Yeah. He works out every day. Monday, shoulder day. Tuesday, shoulder day. <laughs> Wednesday, shoulder day. Thursday, trap day. Friday, back to shoulders. <laughs> wow. You see guys like that all the time. No leg days, clearly. Oh, yeah. Tiny yeah. little chicken legs wow. carrying around their giant shoulders. <laughs> Like a man walking on a couple of soda straws. Core strength, desperately lacking. They only work out the glamour muscles. <laughs> the glamour muscles. Uh, what are the top life moments for millennials? That's ages 24 to 39. Sean's a millennial. When I reached mythic rank in one of my video games, that was pretty good. Uh, no, mythic rank. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that's not on the, the list. In the world, Joe. <laughs> in the world. That's everybody. Wow. That, that's not on the list for your contemporaries, but having a child is at the top at 36%. Uh, followed by buy a house, travel somewhere new, still important, reach a health goal, and get married. Huh, have a child, way out strips, get married. Hmm. Kind of interesting. What age group was that? Millennials. So it was 34 to 49? Uh, 24 no. to 39. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Pay attention, Michael. Now we're going to Generation X. This is 40 to 55. Yes. Have a child, children. Finally, I get some. Far and away in the lead at 42%. Yeah, clearly. Get married at 37%. That's a big one. There you go. Buy a house. Boy, that, that, yeah, clearly. In that age group, that's your big three. Get married, have kids, buy a house. You get further down the list, you got travel somewhere new, and then watch my children or child graduate. You know, I barely remember. I, I remember buying our first house. It was a long time ago. I don't remember how I felt about it exactly. I know I was happy about it, but... What's what's interesting, I don't know, maybe there's a life lesson here, maybe there's not, was we bought an utterly run-down, beat-up piece of garbage house and then busted our butts to make it nice. That, I remember, that was one of my formative experiences, fixing it. Hmm. Uh, now on to baby boomers, the generation that ruined America. Ages 56 plus. We'll never recover from the baby boomer generation, probably. The what spending. Is, what, what is it with you? You're on a jihad. Uh, well, it's just true that 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 is the generation that uh, decided um, what we can, you know, for Democrats and Republicans, we can spend beyond what we take in uh, everybody in agreement and we'll just we'll just live the good life. Right. And never think we'll, we won't think about the future. Right. Civil rights movement. Excellent. Massive, alleged poverty fighting programs. Not so good. Time to admit it didn't work. But anyway, have a child, children, top life moment, 40%. Get married right neck and neck with it at 40%. Watch my grandchildren grow up, 38%. Watch my children graduate, 35%. Retire, 35%. So how do you like that? As you get older, it becomes more about people, uh, clearly, and family. Um, they got You got that right. 
kids, marriage, grandchildren, children graduating, all that sort of stuff, then retiring. Mm-hmm. That's you know, it's not surprising to me. It's the way we're built, I guess. Sure. I'd be interested to see that if you did that survey 50-some years ago. Um, or 80 years ago. Mm-hmm. Would the... 25-year-olds be have been saying having kids, that sort of stuff. I think they probably would have. Yeah. My objection to the whole thing is you start with descriptive names for generations, then you move to letters for a while, then you go back to descriptive, and then letters again? Can we come up with a system? Can we just go like A through Z and then back again? I mean, to the extent that any discussion of generations matters. So I'm touring the midway aircraft carrier in san diego with my 10 year old son day before the fourth of july he thought it was the coolest thing he's ever done which oh, i was happy about i have no doubt you never know what's gonna tickle a kid's fancy you hope but sometimes you're wrong sure but uh he he really really enjoyed seeing an actual you know aircraft carrier and all those warplanes and everything like that the thing I kept explaining to him and thinking about, because a lot of the people that work there are veterans, and you've got World War II veterans, really old guys, uh, Korean War veterans, a lot of Vietnam War veterans, and you know, younger with your Iraq, Afghanistan, talking about the various planes that they flew and that sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. it's really interesting. But looking at you know the the old guys, and this is having walked from our hotel in the gas lamp to the midway past a whole bunch of stores with boarded-up windows because they all got smashed out by the rioters a couple of weeks ago. And the differences between a 19-year-old who was doing the full-on grown-up lifestyle 80 years ago, marriage, kids, fighting a war, versus the, I'm going to go to college on somebody else's dime, then bitch about paying for it, and then smash up stuff in the name of trying to make the world a better place. Right. Just it's it's quite a shift. In That's the, the cycles societies go through. I don't know. You know, you can resist them. You can shorten the period, maybe that that the trouble exists in, and you can try to change people's minds. In fact, you have to. I think it's your responsibility as a citizen. But I don't know if you can avoid these cycles. No, it's the uh, it's the thing you always say that I can't remember. Well, it, the long and short of it is, we've come out of such a long period of peace and prosperity. The, the the harder times are, the more people concentrate on what is essential, what is efficient, what must be. And the more comfy and soft things are, the more people focus on luxuries and perfection and, and, and trying to achieve some sort of utopia. And, you know, many philosophers for thousands of years, some of the greatest thinkers of the last 300 years would tell you the quest to craft a utopia always ends in dystopia. It ends in in disaster because you need to seize so much power to get there and you always abuse power. Um, You know, or you could put it the whole hard times make for strong people. Strong people make for good times. Good times make for soft people. Soft people make for bad times. Uh, It's more or less true. It's just it is what it is. You just got to fight it, I suppose. Yeah, mentor if, the young and let them know that no, no, no. You see, you're being a racist right now. Yeah, for if, instance, if Hirohito and Hitler are at your door, you don't have time to worry about which statues are up or not. Right, right. You know, it's a, like everything in life. It's a question of balance, too. Uh, you know, another thing that I like to say a lot, and, and maybe you'd like to jot it down and, and put it at the base of my statue when it's built, which is. Highly unlikely, unless I pay for it myself. You're gonna you're gonna spend some of your money. 
in your retirement on having a statue of yourself. I'm right? not saying I'm going to. I'm just saying I've considered it. <laughs> Where would you put the statue? In your bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably on my front lawn. And your pose? I'll have to check the HOA. Uh, you on know, your front regulations. lawn? Regulations. <laughs> yeah. A statue of yourself on your front lawn. M- That'd be a good one. My pose would probably be like a tablet in one hand and my 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 uh, robe draped over my other hand, like I'm Plato or something like that. I'd be twerking. Oh, Lord. Oh, it's bad enough to say it. Then he had to do it. I'm pulling that statue down. Yeah, thank, uh, th- <laughs> be, be grateful this is not television, my friends. Anyway, where was I? Uh, yeah, oh, like I uh, often say, order without compassion is, is fascism and brutality. Compassion without order is chaos and brutality. You have to have a balance of the two. And, you know, we're coming off soft, soft times. She kicked off the craze of hot, young, blonde teachers having sex with their students. She has died at the age of 58, Mary Kay Letourneau. Maybe we can revisit that story, which is fascinating from beginning to end. Yeah. yeah. Also got a a man driving a stolen car who crashed into a woman driving a stolen car in Oregon. (laughs) (laughs) Among other things. Armstrong and Getty. Well, there was an emotional attraction late in the year, toward the end, actually. And that was, we just had bonded. We have similar interests. That's Mary Kay Letourneau back in the day explaining how she fell in love with a, I had forgotten it was a sixth grader. I think he was 13, 12 12? years old at the time. Mary Kay Letourneau has died at the age of 58 of cancer. She um, kind of kicked off this whole craze of hot young blonde teachers who have sex with their students, which we all then found out is a fairly common thing. I'm not sure it's a craze. <laughs> well, it was. It's all. it always had been a craze. The reporting on it became a craze. Yeah. But apparently, and we've <laughs> talked about this a lot over the years, that was back in what year was that? Well, she's 58. 1996. Hmm. It seemed extraordinary at the time when that became a national story that that could happen. Then, you know, it was in the news all the time. And if we wanted to do a story weekly about this, we could because it happens all around the country. And then Mm -hmm. we get text emails back when we took phone calls from people. Oh, yeah. When I was 15, I was having sex with my teacher and whatever. Of course, there's a big difference between 15 and 12. Yeah, although this kid was big and um, and yeah. he was not your typical 12-year-old. No, no, he was not. She was 34 years old at the time. She I was mean, a- not that it's not sick and perverse, but he was not physically a child. No, like I was. I would have been I would have been incapable of doing that uh, as a 12-year-old. I'd have given um, it the college try. Um, she was a 34-year-old mother of four. Oh, right. Married mother of four. Ugh. When she fell in love with and started, uh, she fell in love with the 12 year old and they started having a sexual relationship. Uh, then she got pregnant. Uh, she got arrested. She spent seven years in prison for child rape. Uh, uh, seven years. I'm sorry, I must object. 
she was sentenced to three months in order to stay away from the lad, mm. gave birth to his first child during that three months, then immediately took up with him again. Right. And the judge said, oh, no, seven years. Could not stay and away. she gave birth to child number two during that term. Of course, the interesting punchline to that is that when they got married and stayed married for a very long time and raised yeah. kids together and seemed to really love each other. Yep. Um, there's yep. Beyond dispute. Yeah. And he has said, even recently, I was never a victim. I'm not ashamed of being a father. I'm not ashamed of being in love with Mary Kay. Um, They did end up getting a divorce last year, but they were married for 15 years. Um, Anyway. What a strange tale. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. I don't think the majority of these teachers sexing up the students' cases are that. Are love- are, I don't think so like, either. Deep abiding love, as unlikely and perverse as the the, uh, the beginning of it is. No, I think the vast majority are, are crackpots, either clinging to their youth or just really enjoying the sexual power a woman can have. Or it reminds me a little bit of the 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 chicks who have a quote unquote relationship with a prisoner who's serving a life sentence. It's some of the trappings of having a relationship, but none of the demands, none of the complexity. You know, if you're if you're with a child, essentially, if not physically, emotionally, right? So it's it's crackpots. But the Mary Kay Letourneau thing was always a little more complicated than that. Got a twelve year old. I have a ten year old. It's hard to picture two years away from uh, you know getting into a full on love no. relationship with a thirty something. Well, no, no, it's it's practically impossible to picture, and should be. It's just, it's, it's, it's bizarre. Yikes. Well, that's a poor gal died before her time. It's an yeah. odd story. Uh, she was, uh, her best friend and attorney said she was uh, one of a kind. Yeah, I'd say. She raised a beautiful, su- successful family, <laughs> overcame great odds. She was fun. She was funny. She was brilliant. Okay. She had odd taste in men. So Shh. speaking of students and teachers, to go back to school or not go back to school, we could discuss the discussion through the lens of the obsession with Trump in the media and how everybody is just, they're, they're squealing as if they're being tortured I'm not, to even admit that, okay, virtually everybody thinks the kids ought to go back to school. I'm not, I don't need to discuss it through the lens of Trump. No. Um, and neither should anybody else. There's actually a Trump derangement syndrome thing that has taken over the world. Uh, but it is a very interesting discussion. Absolutely. Um, how important it is to get kids back into school. And it is also worth discussing the very, very few forces against the idea and how righteous or not their motives are. So we'll get into that next hour. I got a text from somebody. His uh, his wife's a teacher, and he said, I don't know a single teacher that wants this to happen, to go back to school. Uh, teachers, do you want to be back in the classroom with the kids in the classroom? Text line 415-295-KFTC, because the parents overwhelmingly want it. And Text the kids it. sure want it. And the kids want it. Text line 415-295-KFTC. We'll get into that discussion coming up. Yeah, I'd love to have that input. And we've got, we've got to get to the story of an Oregon man driving a stolen car who crashed into a woman driving another stolen car. <laughs> if you need me, I'll be writing a screenplay. <laughs> Oregon's experiment with lawlessness. Armstrong and Getty. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.